Hunter Donia is an industry business educator with a focus on systems and automation. In our last conversation, we got to know him and all about his journey and some advice for rising stylists and fellow Gen Zers. Today, we're going to talk about generational differences and how to overcome them and what other challenges that stylists are dealing with right now in today's world. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes, and I'm your host. And today, I'm with Hunter Donia. How are you doing today, Hunter? I'm doing so freaking well. How are you doing, Robert? Oh, uh, so good. Well, I really enjoyed our last conversation. Um, we got a chance to know your story and some of the uh, things that you went through to get there. And um, if you could just give us like a real quick high level introduction to yourself for those who missed uh, the last didn't see the last episode. Yeah. Hi, my name is Hunter Donia. I help hairstylists set boundaries by creating systems and automation in their businesses. I'm based out of uh, Pennsylvania. I've been in the industry for about 10 years now. And um, I'm excited to have this conversation today. I love it. I'm, I'm Gen Z myself. And I know that this is a big conversation, especially for salon owners out there nowadays. And I'm looking forward to giving any insight that I could possibly give. It'll be cute. Awesome. Great. So, um, the last time we spoke, we talked a little bit about, uh, well, you meant you basically it was kind of like a industry service announcement for a <laughs> rising stylist and really everybody, anybody actually, because yeah. you were saying the whole career uh, will require uh, short term sacrifices in the event of your desire to make a change or the world changes around you. And I think that is just such a powerful powerful thing for people to not forget is that it's not just when we desire to make a change, but it's also the world can change in a way that forces us to make changes and we can be left behind and yes. hurt because of it. And I think that's a really super powerful uh, segue into uh, salon owners. A lot of uh, Gen Zers uh, want that I talk to when I go to schools and visit, they say they want to be their own boss and they they want to open up a salon. Um, and so as they're graduating school and getting in, you know, building their clientele, and maybe even the oldest Gen Zers, I think they're around 25, I believe. Yep, Is that about right? Uh, so they're uh, potentially starting to open businesses themselves. And uh, so they may, you know, the Gen Zers opening up their businesses may not have uh, as much of an issue because they might be a little more in tune with stylists that are graduating school and like the, the new, the newbies that are going to be the future of hairdressing. Uh, so well, why don't we talk about like the salon owners, like what, um, you know, generational differences have you noticed? And uh, I'd be curious to hear what you've what you've noticed in this conversation. So, uh, <laughs> so many places to go. So the first place, so the first thing I'm going to, okay, so I can only speak from my own experience. I can only speak from my own knowledge and I can only speak from my, from my, from what I've learned from I was a brand educator, as I spoke about in the last interview that we had. And so I have had the privilege of going to a plethora of team salons. That's the majority of the places that I was in. So I was able to see like what the employee dynamic was, what the salon owner dynamic was, what their struggles were with their team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and today I've had the privilege, I mean, I, I teach thousands of hairstylists nowadays, but the majority of them are now independent. So I have had both experiences of like being able to see the back end and explore and see different people's people's experiences, I guess. 
Um, but I can only speak from my own knowledge. So I, I truly, in this topic, I do not believe that I am the end all be all, you know, I'm just going to be sharing my own opinions and experiences. And speaking of that, like what I'll say from my own experience is that I feel like I'm one of those older Gen Zers that there was no way to retain me as an employee. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's anything my salon owner could have done to to keep me because my salon owner from that the the salon owner that the the salon owner that I was in their salon prior to going into a suite she was the most excellent leader I've ever seen like she was amazing and she gave me everything that she could possibly have given me to make me feel good in that space and to invest in me and to give me a growth plan and all of those things and there was nothing that else that she could have done, probably. The only other thing that she could have done is probably sell me the salon. <laughs> because I am just, I'm just one of those people that I know that I want to create my own destiny. I know that I can make something really beautiful if I am the one who is completely in control of it. And what I want salon owners to probably understand from my perspective is that you are going to have these really high performers, such as myself, who are just going to have this vision for themselves, like when they come in, you know? And I think that instead of like fighting it, I think maybe embracing it instead is the better way to go about it, you know? And of course, pivoting in your own way to try and retain these people and give them a beautiful environment at the same time. But what else could we possibly be doing to make it so that way you're helping those people in making their dreams come true, even if that means that they're not a part of your vision anymore at the end of the day? Because why did you get into salon ownership? Like, ask yourself, like, why did you get into salon ownership at the end of the day? Um, Because I know that my leader that I had got into it to make an impact in other people's lives and help people create their own careers and help people achieve their dreams. And my salon owner, I remember very distinctly one time we were in like a one-on-one and she was talking to me about my goals for the future. And she was like, I want to support you in any way, shape or form that I can, even if that doesn't mean that I'm a part of the picture a couple years down the road. And guess what? I ended up um, in my own suite, having to cut out services that that just didn't make sense for me anymore. I ended up um, leaving that suite. And now I'm all the way back in my hometown, which is an hour and a half away. And guess where I'm sending all of my clients? Yeah, all of my clients. And guess when I'm going and teaching in beauty schools, local beauty schools, guess where I'm telling people to apply for jobs? Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, so it's like, like that, that, that like selfless investment into your people, even if they they might not be with you this entire time, it does have a return on that investment. If not just for the impact that you're helping another person help help other people in the world. Because I believe that like our industry is so rooted in deep impact that we do not take enough time to reflect on. Like we are helping people like, feel really beautiful about themselves and and feel how feel how they are on the inside on the outside as well too and we are changing people's lives in such little ways but such powerful ways like across the world like we are pinnacles of of our own communities and and salon owners i feel like sometimes with the hustle and bustle and with the stress that comes with it i i've never been a salon owner before i've been a suite owner which is completely different 
I have a team right now. I am a leader. I have a team right now, but it's not in a salon. But I that the stress that comes with it being a salon owner, it can take over and it can really take away from the original vision and passion and motivation that you may have had in the very beginning of this journey for you. And what I would encourage people to do is, is like, be really okay with the fact that people are going to be coming into your space that may just not be there for the entire time. Now, that's not what anybody who came to this episode to listen for. So I'll talk about, so I'll tell, so that's my realty. That's my truth. But I will also talk about like what I think that if there are people who are high performers or younger people who, um, who you want to retain in your space, I can, I can give some insight of that as well, but I'll take a pause. Cause I talk a lot. Um, okay. So, well, I think, um, uh, sorry, I, I think, I would like to know based on, you know, just as you were talking, I was thinking, I wonder, okay, so this is on retention, which uh, I think is a valuable conversation, which I feel like I have, haven't had that many conversations about, because it seems that I, I always end up with this initial, like, getting through the gate, like, uh, this, like the style, young stylists uh, from, from school to salon and the expectation of like an apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. uh, or a training program, uh, it se seems to be like top of mind for so many, uh, salon owners that I talk to and, and as well as the, the, the students that are in school. So could you, uh, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Sure. I'm sorry for like pivoting the conversation in a way that. Made no, no, I, this was great. I actually, I, I love that. I love it, actually. Well, uh, that's the conversation that I feel like I've been hearing a lot about, and I haven't been hearing a lot about this one, which is interesting, but I feel like it is super important to talk about. I feel like I'm not as qualified to speak about that, honestly. I really don't. I just think that, you know, I think what's really important is giving th those kids or people, right, whatever they are, a really, really clear, consistent, systematized plan and vision for totally. what is going to happen. I remember being younger in the salon. I did like four years of being an assistant because I was in high school and I, and I was like working towards my license in a very slow vocational way. I remember like towards the end of that journey, like when I felt like I was ready to be on the floor after getting my license, I still had to assist for a while. And I was just so pissed. <laughs> like I was so annoyed. I was like, what am I working towards? Like, I was like, when, when am I able to get on the floor? Like, when can I start doing hair? Like, it was so frustrating to me that I had put in so much effort and time and work and that I wasn't going to be on the floor. I was thinking about leaving. I was thinking about going to another space because of how frustrating it was. And what I would say is, is that I just, I think that it's really important that you're, you're fair, you are fair. And I know it's something that you might put on the back burner sometimes, because I know that I would have with everything else that you have to worry about. But this is so important. This is like the foundation of the future of your salon, if you're going to have new people coming in, right? I would have a very, very clear systematized vision that you can you can back and that you can promise and you can fulfill that promise as to what that growth plan looks like. So with very clear benchmarks, just as any other Fortune 500 company would do if they were great, like give people clear benchmarks as to what do they have to do? What milestones do they have to hit to get to that next level and get closer to where they want to be, right? And from the very beginning, lay out that plan for them and make sure that your business is set up 
steps to be able to handle that plan and follow through on that promise. Because if you're just having people come in and you're just like, yep, you're going to assist in shampoo and then we'll let you know when you're ready. It's they're They're just going to be like, what the hell am I doing this for? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's so, so basically that's uh that I think that all that there's this idea that the person's going to come in. Okay. So uh, we talked about uh, salon owners, why you want to be a salon owner. You mentioned that in the beginning, which I'm really happy that you did because um, I think, yeah, there's all these different reasons. What I hear a lot of uh, salon owners uh, got into it. They were a stylist. They were really busy. Uh, they had a lot of clientele. Uh, they decided like, like you mentioned about how, what you wanted, you want to have a control over the vision, right. you know, the control over the environment, and then they were going to raise little mini me's. <laughs> That's literally what I hear so many uh, people say. Whether they say that verbatim or not, which some have actually, that's verbatim. So I think uh, this thought of like training somebody to be as good or better than yourself uh, uh, is not necessarily. It sounds like what this new generation of hairdressers want. They oh want a chance to get on the floor and build a clientele and have the experience, but they're not really there to, I guess, impress the salon owner. You know, they're there to. So, so, so how, I wonder how, like, um, do you, in terms of the salon owner that, okay. So the, the, the rebuttal I get to this idea is um, that I had to put my house up for collateral to take out a loan and to get my business up. And how do I, and so I need to make sure that these kids are, are, are able to take anything that I give them so that I don't end up with a bad Google review. Uh, so what would you say to that? And when you say like, take what I give them as far as like what their specialties are or like um, skill set is, or are we talking about something else? Uh, well, it's more like they, their their challenge is that they don't they they're having these young stylists come in and they feel like that they don't want to um mm. train and they feel like they there's mm. that the young students coming out of school like they're like i just went to school like i went to this school and it's a good mm. school and i picked the school for that reason and now i have to assist i don't want to assist i'll assist for yes. three months or four months and the people are like no it's gonna take like a year or right. you know so um Great. I mean, I feel like you could probably respond with the same thing you just said earlier about having a systemized uh, thing, plan. which I think is super valid. And if you want to speak to it again, that's who. Is there anything else that comes no, to your mind? No, 100%. And this is actually, I can totally relate to this because I did have two personal assistants when I was in my suite, actually. And um, I remember the first one was in beauty school at the time. And I was like, how can I scale with her like I was like how can I make it so she I can help her and her career path and she was very much that like super very much that where it was like it was like I already did school I already feel confident in what I'm doing let's get into a salon and let's start doing hair you know and what I will say is that it's discouraging for me because I know that because me and maybe the salon owner listened to this, whoever has given you rebuttals, right? I know that you can think back to like when you were at that, at that part of your career. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I was like nervous. I was like scared to get onto the floor. Like yeah, I was too. like, 
uh, you know, I was nervous to be the one who was like fully responsible and like taking the client on head to head, like, and nobody else being a part of that, that, that experience. I was really nervous about it myself. And I wasn't so nervous until the person sat in my chair. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> and so I think it's hard for us to relate first off. I think it's, it was really hard for me. And especially just like having the experience and having to put in the work that I had, it was hard for me to relate in that way and 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 all I wanted to do was like shake her and be like girl like take your time and you will be able to you will be able to do so much more in such a more confident way without fail without a lot of failures and without a lot of trials and like you'll be able to be so much more confident and efficient in the way that you show up if you take your time just for a little bit but at the same time, they're not going to listen, <laughs> you know, they're not going to listen. And right. I, we were talking about the world changing uh, really quickly and, and um, pivoting really quickly. And I think that we just have, if you, if this is the majority of what you are seeing in your own salon business, when these people are coming in, right, then we have to pivot for this majority, if they are a part of your growth plan in the end, like it just totally. is what it, like, we can't fight it anymore. We can, we, we, you can't, you just, there's a, there's a point where it's like, okay, instead of fighting it, instead of saying like, no, I'm not accepting anybody who doesn't want to put in the work, like whatever that may look like, instead of doing that, why don't we just try and get uncomfortable and figure out ways where everybody can win at the end of the day and you can pivot and make it so this you're creating a successful space for these people who are looking. So at basically you're saying that if you're in business, then you should behave as a business owner who constantly pivots and updates and stays on top of trends and stuff like that. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now, I agree. I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah, yes. totally. I mean, that's what I mean, literally any successful CEO that you can think of out there has had to pivot and make crazy changes and decisions throughout their entire career and their Except job. blockbuster. Okay. Well, the, exactly. Exactly. Yeah precisely and that is the most beautiful example because like where the hell is blockbuster now you know what i mean <laughs> so it, it, it's a beautiful example you know do you want to be blockbuster or do you want to be amazon like do you want to be able to like or do you want to be netflix right like you have to understand that you as a ceo are up against not just your own vision for your business but you're up against the world and and human beings visions for themselves as well totally. too so I mean, how do we do that? You know, like, how do we take it? How do we take these, these people who are very, like, just ready to go and super eager to just start without ruining the reputation of your own salon and like getting a bad review and things like that, right? If it were me, and again, I, I genuinely do not believe I'm the authority of this topic, like at all. But if it were me, like if I was in this position, what I would be doing is, is I would make it so in a client facing way, um, it was very clear <laughs> that this person was new and that they were and that and that there was some sort of price difference. And I would even maybe even have my clients be signing like signing things that make sure that they agree to that. And they know that I mean, you can't I don't think that you can legally like, 
I don't think you can legally like stop people from like giving bad reviews. I think there's no way to like actually agree to that on a contract. I don't believe I'm not a legal professional though, but I would make sure that your client, the clients are very understanding and, and clear of the fact that this is somebody who had just graduated uh, beauty school because of that, the price is going to be a little bit lower. We believe in her and she's going to be growing her skills, their skills with you. Um, and, and if you're down for that, if you're open to that when, then we are happy to have you in the salon with them. Right. Totally. And, and then on the, ver on the, on the other side, right. We, we tell the person, the stylist, the young eager stylist who is, who is down to do this. We tell them, okay, we are happy to give you a chair. We're happy to give you what you want, but this is the parameters within what you'll be, what, what you'll be working. You know, you're, we're not going to be charging top dollar, like right off the bat, you know? And what I would, what I would also be doing is I would ask, be asking that person, like, what is your priority? Like, what do you want? Right? Like, like, is it, do you, do you want to, do you want to just be like doing all hair all the time? Do you want to do like a couple of days a week behind the chair? And then do you want to be assisting the rest of the time? Like, do you want to do a balance? Like, what do you want to do? And I would, because everybody's going to be different, although this seems to be the overarching theme, everybody's going to be different in what they actually want to. And so being able to have systems that can pivot and adjust to what that person specifically wants and needs is going to be important as well. And so I would just making make sure that you have like some sort of system or some sort of pricing model in place to support that person who's coming in. And I think that we can all agree and we've all had some sort of experiences in this industry where we know that like you're not going to learn as nearly as fast ver like if you're just like like taking a step back and just observing versus if you're getting your hands in the hair and you're actually doing the damn thing in and out. And so it might be more worth your investment to have this person thrown in from the very beginning and to have that really intense and quick experience working on actual heads. Like you have to think about that. Like, I mean, you can make a return on your investment of that person, like a lot quicker if you get them trained and like willing and, and uh, confident in working with clients a lot faster versus, you know, shelling out these, this hourly, this hourly, wage to be an assistant, you know, totally. so there's pro there's pros and cons to this, you know, and, and I think that as long as you are set up for the possibilities of maybe any negative reactions or any negative experiences as much as you possibly can be, then I think that it could probably work for you. Totally, totally. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate that uh, response. And I think that's so valuable. And um, I think that's a, a good place to kind of wrap it up. We got you know, we got systemized your and, and, and systemize your training program so that people know exactly what their deliverables are in order to achieve, uh, have it accomplish, like accomplish your goal. Maybe adjust a business model to allow for a junior stylist or a or a, a even a below a junior stylist potentially yes. uh, price point with a lot of new information and notification to the customer as yes. well as the, the rising stylist. I think um all these are are really good uh, ideas and um, a lot of communication, it seems like is really important oh, yes. throughout this whole thing too. All right, well, um, let's uh let's kind of call it out, sign off there and for you know for in purposes of time uh it, just to wrap it up do you have a moment i'd like to end with a laugh do you have a moment that you have uh, that you could think of that you were maybe did not find it funny at the time <laughs> but uh when you look back on it you can laugh I'll say it's like a pivotal moment. It's funny in like certain ways, but it's much more, it's, it's actually a lot, it's really powerful. It's a powerful moment for me. It's an important moment for me. So 
Um, it was a couple months into my sweet ownership and you can learn more about that in our other episode that we did together. If you're listening to this, if you haven't yet, it was a couple months into my sweet ownership and I was coming in early, staying late all my days off all the time because I had such a high demand on my time. And I felt like I had to like flex to get everybody in, you know? And I had this one great, amazing client. And I love this girl so much. And it was a 12 hour workday for me. Like I had squeezed her into the end of my day and it was a Friday. So I had already worked my ass off all week and I was exhausted. And so I'm doing her balayage. Everything's cool. Everything's great so far. And I go to like rinse it all out and we're going to tone it. And I just wanted it to be like a goldy, warm balayage, like super simple and pretty and natural. So I'm like toning it. I'm like putting it on and like, it's like a minute in and it's, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, it looks a little funky and it's turning purple. <laughs> it's turning purple. <laughs> so I was like, um, okay, this is literally the opposite of what I want to happen here. I'm like, I'm literally trying to tone this with the gold. Like, what is going on? <laughs> so I go over to my scale, like, and I still have my color tubes out. And I realized that I picked up an eight violet, like an intense oh, no. violet <laughs> instead of an eight gold. And I'm like silently freaking out. And I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, if I effed up your hair, you would not know. Like I would like, I would very silently like be fixing it in the background. And so that's exactly exactly what I did. I forget what I did. I think I threw like a seven, three over it and it was like fine. And she like loved it and all, it was all great. But the moral of the story, (laughs) the moral of the story, and this is why it was so pivotal for me was because I realized like, by by squeezing in these people, I thought that I was doing them a service. I thought that I was giving my clients great service by being able to be available to them at times that were convenient to them. But in reality, I was actually doing them a massive disservice because if I was coming in and I was exhausted or I was stretching my time out, I was burnt out, then I wasn't able to serve these people to the standard that they deserve for the amount of money that they were paying me. And this is a person who I like really love and care about and like is their super ideal client. And I ended up freaking turning her hair purple, you know? So, so it it was a big uh, game changer for me. And it really shifted my mindset about like how worth it it is for me, how important it is for me to be sure that I'm filling my own cup first and I can't serve anybody until I've served myself first. So so good. That's my story. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing and uh, having coming on the show. If you're listening or watching watching this, uh, you can check out uh, the, all the links to find Hunter and what he has to offer. And uh, and if you check out the website, there will be personal recommendations for books and classes, etc. And all the information you need to get in contact with Hunter. Uh, thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Robert. This was an excellent conversation. And I look forward to connecting with anybody listening to this. Awesome. All right. And until next time, have a good day. Take care. Bye. Bye.